Welcome everyone to this podcast series titled, The Testimony for Yeshua. I am Michael, your host for this show. This program is being recorded as both an audio podcast series and a video podcast series. At Polyet Lotion Publishing, we leverage modern communications technology in art, entertainment, and information for the benefit of a future-ready audience in order to disseminate the message of God's eternal truth. First, I want to tell our audience a little about the content of this show and its purpose. This show will consist of six episodes covering the testimony for Yeshua's innocence as a human being and the truth of how he was the Messiah. As a witness to God's eternal truth, I will present a case in Yeshua's defense to counter the false accusations being made by pagans, heretics, and the Antichrist about Yeshua's birth, life, crucifixion, resurrection, and the coming day of judgment by examining the scriptures within the New Testament that prove the man we know as the Christ, God's anointed one, was an innocent man when he was murdered by pagan Romans and heretic Jews nearly 2,000 years ago. I will also present a vision of new life to come for those who believe in God's message of eternal truth and accept the Holy Spirit in the second birth. Yes, the time is getting close that everyone needs to accept the Holy Spirit and know God's eternal truth because evil men in this world are plotting the destruction of the earth and the suffering of all mankind with their hatred and greed. I may not need to be specific, but I will reference, for practical purposes, that the warfare in Ukraine and Israel are evidences of the destruction to come. We are witnessing the beginning of World War III. I want to reiterate to our audience that our purpose in this series is to present a case to the world as a witness of God's eternal truth, by arguing for the innocence of Yeshua, who has been blasphemously accused of being the Son of God. We will be presenting evidence from the text of the Holy Bible and from even older prophetic texts that originated before the time of Moses to prove that Jesus Christ was the innocent Son of a Man. We will further prove that Yeshua was falsely accused of being the Son of God by demonically possessed morons and lunatics, pagan idolaters, and heretic Jews who persecuted and crucified Jesus for his true faith in Almighty God, the Father, who is the Holy Spirit. I will also identify in this program the identity of the Antichrist because the time has come for humanity to know precisely who that is and what actions to take. This program is not about claiming that Jesus was not the Messiah, the Christ, or that he was not crucified and resurrected by God's power and Holy Spirit. This program is not Antichrist, because I truly believe that Yeshua was the one true Christ. The Antichrist may be known as those who claim Yeshua was the Son of God. This testimony for Yeshua is all about presenting evidence to the world that proves his innocence as a human being and that he also knew and taught God's eternal truth in his life and ministry. 
Yeshua wanted all of humanity to know that Almighty God is only one entity and to accept the Holy Spirit in the second birth. Our third episode will cover Yeshua's crucifixion and resurrection. We will be presenting and discussing New Testament scripture to continue our claim that Yeshua was an innocent human being, but I must make it clear to the audience that we regard the modern-day text of the New Testament to be an editorialized fraud. We reject the concept of the Bible's inerrancy as it has been argued by heretical theologians who are unwilling to have humility before God and accept correction by the Holy Spirit through prophecy and a true spiritual relationship with God. The Holy Bible is a cursed book because pagans and heretics have edited the original testimonies and materials so that the book agreed with the pagan ideologies of the failed Roman Empire. The truth is still in the text of the Holy Bible because those early editors were not able to change all of the facts in the testimonials of the apostles. While there are many people today who strive to change history by telling an entirely new version of it, we categorically refuse to accept their so-called wokeness that attempts to whitewash humanity's crimes of pagan idolatry, human slavery, and sexual immorality. What has happened since the time of Jesus is that pagans and heretics have repeatedly modified the testimonies of the apostles in an effort to further support their false ideologies, which ultimately blaspheme God's Holy Spirit. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is an unforgivable sin. In his last days before crucifixion, Yeshua began prophesying many future events, and many of those he foretold occurred within days and maybe even hours of his having spoken about them to his disciples. For our audience who has been following our series, I would like to say that this evidence of Yeshua's ability to prophesy with great specificity is proof of how he was following the path of angels. For anyone who does not immediately know what I am referring to, I highly recommend that you start listening or viewing this series from the beginning to gain the full insight of this ancient prophecy about the path of angels that originally appeared in the oldest prophetic text known in the history of Judaism. The Book of Enoch presents the details of the four angel paths, and one of these four paths is the path of the archangel Michael. God gifted the archangel Michael with the ability to prophesy future events and ultimately make the truth known to mankind. In his progression to becoming the Christ, Yeshua mastered the characteristics of the Archangel Michael, and he was a teller of truth and future events that have been documented in all of the Gospels. Yeshua was able to prophesy with great accuracy because this ability was a gift of the Holy Spirit when he received the second birth after baptism in water. Yeshua proved that he mastered this ability before he was crucified by foretelling many events with complete accuracy and truthfulness. God continues to give this gift of prophecy to those who accept the Holy Spirit in the second birth, and it is this gift of prophecy that enables true believers to grow spiritually in their faith and know the eternal truth. There are references to these events of Yeshua's crucifixion in all of the New Testament Gospels, so there really is no sense in trying to cite any particular passage from one of the books. In the first and second episodes of this series, I demonstrated how the text of these first few books of the New Testament 
contain the truth about Yeshua's innocence that is mixed in with a great deal of heretical editorialization. I will continue to present evidences in this episode of how Yeshua was an innocent man while pointing out the guilt of those pagans who endeavored to tell lies about him and make the world believe their lies were the truth. I am going to be using the Gospel according to Luke as my source in this episode. After being tried and convicted by Pontius Pilate, although not really found guilty of any crime, Yeshua was tortured horribly. I want to point out here that there is a verse in the Gospel according to Luke which is evidence of how a heretic edited the Gospel to include a variety of things that Yeshua did not say during his ministry. I want to point out specifically the fraudulence in the Gospel according to Luke chapter 14 verse 27 which describes Yeshua as saying and he who does not take up his cross and follow me cannot be a disciple to me. There are two things I want to point out about this verse that will prove it to be a fraudulent editorialization crime committed by some unknown pagan heretic. The first point I will make is that Yeshua would not have said this at the time it appears to have been said because the statement refers to something that none of the disciples would have understood. Jesus had not yet told them the prophecy of his crucifixion until he had been transfigured. The transfiguration event occurred just prior to his crucifixion after Passover. It has been the effort of a pagan editor to include this statement and rearrange text in the testimony so that the event of transfiguration precedes the telling of these other events. This is not the first time that scribes have attempted to manipulate the truth by changing the chronological order of events. It is quite clear that this is another example of heretical editorialization. While it might seem to many that this occurrence has had the benefit of inspiring many people, it is still evidence of what I am identifying as fraud in these texts. None of what appears in the Gospel according to Luke is chronologically accurate. Any biblical scholar of any worth will clearly support this statement to be the truth. The Gospel according to Luke is disorganized in an anachronous manner because some heretic editorialized it to support a variety of additions to the text that would have been obvious had it been left in its original condition. The majority of what appears in the Gospel of Luke is heresy. Of all the New Testament books other than the Epistle of St. John near the end of the text, the Gospel according to Luke is the most fraudulent of them all. The proof of this statement is overwhelmingly available to anyone who reads the text and anyone with any common sense and intellect will come to know this is the truth. The second point I will make is that the characterization created in Luke's gospel is inconsistent with Yeshua's character as it has been described in the first two gospels. The portrayal of Yeshua in Luke is that he was often perturbed by the ignorance of everyone around him. He constantly denigrated others and criticized everything that was going on around him. In terms of categorizing this type of personality, Luke's gospel portrays Yeshua as a self-absorbed megalomaniac. The intent of the story created by Luke should have been to tell about the events that validated Yeshua was the Christ, but a pagan editor changed it all so that there is a preponderance of evidence to suggest that Jesus Christ was someone who thought he was God on earth. There are stories and parables attributed to Yeshua 
in the gospel according to Luke that appear nowhere else in any of the other gospels. And some are even blasphemously incorrect, especially the first three chapters of the book. None of the first three chapters of the gospel according to Luke is true. The most important thing to understand about the gospel according to Luke is that someone who only knew about Yeshua years after his life, death, and resurrection fabricated the majority of this book based upon his own erroneously zealous beliefs in Roman paganism. However, there is some thread of the true testaments comparable to what appears in those of Matthew and Mark. It is most unfortunate for all of humanity that a pagan heretic took the original text and altered it to suit a new interpretation of it all by adding a variety of blasphemous details and corrupting the original arrangement of events in an effort to support the edited interpretation. I really liked a lot of what appears in this gospel, but the Holy Spirit tells me often as I read it that the words being attributed to Yeshua were not from Yeshua during his lifetime. I also know that some of what appears in Luke's gospel may have been plagiarized from one or more of the apostles who spoke and prophesied later. Luke's gospel becomes a compilation of remembrances about the life of Christ and sermons about his messages told by the apostles after Christ left the earth. I will get more specific as we progress in this episode by presenting examples from the text in Luke's Gospels that still supports our claim of Yeshua's innocence as a man. But I will adamantly point out here how there has been some serious paganization of the story of Yeshua by an unknown author or editor who changed the text to be what it has become today. The passage in Luke about taking up the cross is an anachronism. It is something not logically appearing in the correct time sequence. But it truly has been inspirational to many in their lives. It has had a phenomenal impact on many people who have studied the message of Jesus Christ. But it is also the reason why many people are rejecting Christianity today. Hundreds of years ago, people were not as educated as they are today. Few people among the working class masses could read for themselves. They could be easily fooled into mindlessly believing something they were told Jesus said because they were not educated enough to read it for themselves and see the errors the heretics made when they altered the original text. Today, educated people are not fooled by the fraudulence in the New Testament. The book that has fooled people into believing a lie has become ineffective on today's intelligent people. In a time when people need God in their lives more than ever before, they are not willing to listen any longer because pagans and heretics have lied to them too many times and for too long. I am testifying for the innocence of Yeshua, who was not the Son of God, because all that pagan nonsense is a lie. Jesus was an innocent man when the Romans nailed him to the cross, he was the rightful heir to the throne of David by blood, and the signs from God in his life proved to all of the faithful that it was true. The heretic Jews saw Yeshua as a threat to their dominance over the Jewish people, and they made a deal with the Romans to allow them to rule over their people by religious control. The heretic Jews demanded the crucifixion of Yeshua to keep him from teaching the eternal truth about God's forgiveness 
through repentance and acceptance of the Holy Spirit. I will attest to the fact that anyone who is not willing to take up their cross and follow the teachings of Yeshua cannot be one of his disciples. But it is not a fact that Yeshua said this during his lifetime. There has been trickery involved in the creation of the Gospels, and this is ultimately what Yeshua prophesied when he said that people will fall away from believing in God's eternal truth and his message when nearing the end of days. It is obvious that there has been an effort by pagans and heretics to editorialize the testimonies about Yeshua in an effort to trick people into believing their lies. Yeshua predicted this would happen when he said many will pretend to be him. Those were the words of Christ, and they ring true because the editors of Luke's gospel and the gospel according to John only pretend to be Yeshua, just as he prophesied. The prophecies Yeshua told about events that would occur near the end of times are coming to pass, because humanity has evolved to be smarter than the pagans who created the text that they have used to trick people for centuries into believing something that was not true. The heretics who perverted the message of Christ to further their own goals will surely perish in an eternity of torment in hell. Tricking people into believing the story just to make money was the ultimate goal of those pagans who will be the cause of the earth's destruction and mankind's suffering in the apocalypse. Yeshua foretold that many other men would come pretending to be him or to say that he said this or that. And that prophecy has clearly come to pass in this gospel according to Luke and the one according to the fake John because they clearly pretend to be the words of Yeshua throughout most of their content. The truth and accuracy of Yeshua's prophecy are clearly proof that he mastered the path of the archangel Michael. Jesus was the Christ, the anointed one chosen by God to deliver the message of repentance and God's forgiveness and love for all of us. But he was not the Son of God, because God is only one entity forever and ever. I would like to provide the evidence from the text of Luke's Gospel that further proves Yeshua was an innocent human being, not Son of God. The evidence in the Gospel according to Luke follows the same pattern as appears in Matthew and Mark. This pattern has been explained in the first two episodes of our testimony, but I will state it simply here once again. The demonically possessed called Yeshua Son of God. The truly faithful called Yeshua Son of David, and Yeshua refers to himself as Son of Man. Calling someone Son of God was an insult in the time of Christ because of how this also had the meaning of being Son of Woman, or a bastard. Calling Yeshua the Son of David, King or Lord, had the purpose of being a respectful compliment because those who called him these things were recognizing that he was the one chosen to become the next King of Israel by divine right and the signs from God. Yeshua frequently rejected the insults of being Son of God by telling those demons not to say these things about him, and additionally emphasizing that he was Son of Man, especially when he prophesied. To begin this discussion of verses in Luke that support our testimony of Yeshua's innocence as a human being, I will first make it very clear that the first three chapters of Luke are fraudulent editorializations. The tale of John the Baptist's birth to Elizabeth as a relative of Mary and of Mary's impregnation by God are both pagan ideologies that are not supported by any real correlations to the ancient prophecies of Enoch 
or Old Testament histories. All attempts made by the editor or author of these texts to create a believability in this tale are neither sensible or in agreement with God's eternal truth as it appears in the very first text of God's word to mankind, which is the book of Enoch. All of what is in the testimony of Luke in these first few chapters is a contradiction of ancient prophecy and the words of Christ himself when he tells the disciples that Elijah was John the Baptist. Elijah was an eternal being whom God returned to the earth as John the Baptist during the time of Christ in order to hail the arrival of the Messiah. John the Baptist had no known family, so pagans and heretics fabricated these stories to amuse themselves without realizing how they contradicted the actual words of Yeshua in other testimonials. Additionally, Luke chapter 2 verse 5 contradicts the edited information in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 by clearly saying that Mary and Joseph were married. A careful examination of the details will prove that Matthew's testimony says that Mary was promised and Luke's testimony says that Joseph and his bride, who was with child, went to be registered. While Matthew's testimony describes Joseph as wanting to divorce Mary for being pregnant before they were married, Luke's testimony says he took her with him to Bethlehem so they could be registered as a married couple. More importantly, the traditional marriage in Galilee was not consummated until the father of the bride had given the groom permission. The permission to wed the bride was not given until the groom had prepared a place for them and proven to the father that he could support the bride in life. The marriage would not have occurred if Mary were truly pregnant before the two were officially married, and Joseph could have been refunded the dowry if she had become pregnant as these tales claim. There would not have been a divorce because the marriage would never have occurred in accordance with Galilean traditions and culture. Such things are common in pagan Roman culture, and this is proof of editorialization fraud. The entire circumstance is a contradiction with tradition of the Galileans, but such events of pregnancy out of wedlock were very common among the pagans of ancient Rome. Illegitimate children in Rome were often the result of sexual immorality that was truly rampant among the population of Roman citizens, and some of these illegitimate offspring were the result of incest as well. Citizens of the ancient Roman Empire were sexually promiscuous, immoral, and incestuous. The stories of Yeshua's birthright as being an illegitimate child to an unwed mother are inconsistent with the true traditions of Galilean culture of the time. But these tales are clearly consistent with the lives of ancient pagan Romans. It was a pagan Roman who created these blasphemous lies in the New Testament Gospels because this concept of a child being son of God originated in pagan Roman beliefs. Heracles was the son of Apollo in ancient Roman mythology, so claiming that Yeshua was son of God fit into their perception of truth about God. Such things were not acceptable in Judaism, and they never have been when taking into the account the testimony of Enoch, the earliest known Hebrew prophet to mankind. We formally reject all the lies within the book of Luke that attempt to besmirch the mother of Christ by denying the truth of the prophet Enoch, who clearly foretold that God would reject anyone 
who claims the Chosen One was the Son of Woman. Additionally, we fully accept as truth the testimony of Enoch that describes how God punished the angels for impregnating human females to have offspring of their own. And this ancient testimony of God's first prophet is the definitive proof that God prohibited procreation between ephemeral beings on earth and eternal spiritual beings in heaven. While anything is possible for God, the Lord God Almighty rebuked the angels of heaven and condemned them to an eternal suffering on earth for defying his commandments that they should not interfere with the evolution of humanity on earth by procreating with human females. God does not impregnate human females to procreate a child of his own, and God punished his true sons, the angels, for doing what he prohibited. It is not a matter of God being unable to do such a thing. It is a matter of this action being immoral and inconsistent with God's laws in the universe. God does not make babies in a human female that will be his offspring. Yeshua was not the Son of God. Before continuing in my presentation, I must warn the audience that there is a preponderance of evidence which clearly condemns the gospel according to Luke to be a paganized fraud. So there will be some rapidity in this presentation. While I have stated that the first three chapters are fraudulent, Luke chapters 4 verses 15 through 30 is additionally fraudulent, particularly because verse 15 says Yeshua was praised by every man. The statement is clearly a blasphemy that precedes the entire passage as a curse. Such sentiment that men praised Yeshua continues throughout Luke's testimony, and the gospel even ends with this same statement. It is a heresy to praise a man as though he were God, and only Almighty God may be praised. It is the first commandment that there shall be no other gods than the one true God. Luke Chapter 4, verses 34 through 36 is further proof that the demonically possessed called Yeshua the Son of God by referring to him as Holy One of God. The editorialized change in this case has the same meaning with the intent to be a psycholinguistic manipulation. In other words, this statement is a curse or pagan spell that uses words to manipulate the thoughts of the listener or reader. In Luke chapter 4, verse 41, demons again called Yeshua the Son of God. Luke chapter 5 and 6 are mostly repetitions of what already appears in Matthew and Mark, but the embellishment added by the heretical author or editorial staff who produced this gospel makes the text more inspirational to read, which further proves that the design of Luke's gospel is to be a curse or a spell that uses psycholinguistics to manipulate the reader or listener into having a fraudulent belief. In Luke chapter 7, verse 12 through 16, the people described Yeshua as a great prophet, which is an additional proof that the truly faithful regarded Yeshua as only a man who was a prophet. Yeshua was truly a prophet. Additionally, this same passage provides clarification that the people regarded these miracles as proof that God had visited his people. They were not saying that they believe Yeshua was God or Son of God. The real meaning of these statements is that they believe God was enabling these miracles. While I am saying that a majority of Luke's testimony in this gospel is fabricated, the pattern of truth appearing in other gospels continues to appear in this one, which may be the only benefit that it has as a truth.
Chapter 8, verse 28, is another example of the demonically possessed calling Yeshua Son of God. Yeshua says, Your faith has healed you, in chapter 8, verse 48, because it was the truth. This event in chapter 8 is the repetition of the event described in Matthew and Mark. The one detail omitted in Luke's otherwise embellished gospel is the description of how the people referred to Yeshua as the son of David. Because the purpose of Luke's gospel is to fraudulently defy Yeshua as the son of God, the intentional omitting of this detail becomes the basis for heretical arguments that use Luke's testimony as a proof that Jesus was the son of God. The missing details only further prove our claim that the New Testament has been editorialized by heretics and it is now a cursed book of lies. Luke chapter 9 verse 22 has Yeshua referring to himself as the son of man and this is also an example of Yeshua prophesying as he exemplified the characteristics of the archangel Michael. The characteristic God gave to the archangel Michael was to foretell the future and know the truth. This detail may be found in the book of Enoch, and knowing this also makes the appearance of Gabriel in the beginning of Luke to be inconsistent with the ancient prophecy that clearly does not have the angel Gabriel presenting prophecy to humanity. The presentation of truth and prophecy to mankind was clearly the power God gave to the archangel Michael. Gabriel's characteristics will be presented in the fourth episode, and it will be a surprise to know what Gabriel's task has been and will be. Additional evidence of Yeshua's mastery of Michael's gift appears in chapter 9, verses 26 and chapter 9, verses 44. This analysis could continue for hours because it becomes very easy to pick apart the gospel according to Luke and prove that the editorialization of this text had the intent to be a blasphemous lie that heretically attempts to deify a man as God. The consistency of the identified pattern showing that demons called Yeshua son of God, the faithful regarded Yeshua as the descendant of David, their future king or lord, and Yeshua referred to himself as son of man, appears throughout this text in only slight variations from the text of Matthew and Mark. The only other pattern appearing in this text that additionally proves it to have been editorialized by a pagan heretic is the addition of of statements at the end of some verses when concluding a parable or other story. These additions all begin with the word and. I will challenge the audience to review this text and discover the pattern I am identifying. Wherever a numericized verse ends with a sentence that begins with the word and, the reader may consider the clause to be a potential editorialization. These statements beginning with and are examples of additions made to the text at a later time by a heretical pagan editor who was also most likely a Catholic. These additions clearly have the intent to embellish the text with falsified additional statements or evidence that support the pagan ideologies perpetrated by heretics when these texts were copied and translated. Rather than continue this presentation to cover the additional nine pages of my handwritten notes pointing out all the discrepancies in this gospel that go all the way to the end of it, I may only say one last thing about the gospel according to Luke. Beware the Antichrist, because it was surely the Antichrist who created this text of Luke's gospel to be what it is today. What I am telling you is not Antichrist, but I reveal the Antichrist to have been the Catholic heretics who editorialized these texts throughout history.
It is a heresy to say that Jesus was the Son of God, and proclaiming that Jesus was a man is not Antichrist. Jesus was the Christ, but he was not the Son of God. The resurrection of Christ is the event when Almighty God demonstrated to all of humanity for all future generations to come that everlasting life in God's Holy Spirit was proof of God's eternal truth. Yeshua did not have the power to resurrect himself. He had been transfigured to have eternal spiritual life, but his body could cease to function. The event of the resurrection proves a couple of theoretical explanations. The first is that our eternal soul does not leave the body immediately upon death, which is also why Yeshua was able to resurrect Lazarus. The second is that the human body may be revived to live again by the power of God's Holy Spirit given to the angel Raphael, who has the task of healing and the management of spirits. One of the angels present at Christ's resurrection was definitely the Archangel Raphael. It is also the Archangel Raphael who gathers the souls of those who die on earth, taking them to a place of confinement where they await Judgment Day. The human soul does not immediately go to heaven or hell upon the death of the human body. According to the book of Enoch, all of the souls of mankind are retained in a repository of souls managed by Raphael until the Day of Great Judgment. Yeshua was not the first human to be brought back from death, and it is not likely that Lazarus was the first either. There is evidence in the book of Enoch and in the words of Yeshua that prove God has returned both Enoch and Elijah to the earth hundreds of years later. We have no doubt that God will return Yeshua to the earth to be our advocate on Judgment Day. We will be discussing more about this future for our souls in episode 5 of this series. But I want to say one last thing about the painting uh, that is used for the cover art for this series. It is the back of the cross. I chose this one because it said to me that this is what this program is about. We are testifying on his behalf. We are backing up Jesus Christ in this testimony for his innocence. In this episode, I have presented the third part of my testimony for Yeshua. I will continue to argue that he was an innocent man, a human being, not son of God. I have covered the details of Yeshua's final days on earth, when he prophesied the most prior to his crucifixion, and these details also prove that Yeshua mastered the characteristics of the archangel Michael when he followed the path of angels during his life. God charged the archangel Michael with the power of prophecy and truth, and Yeshua exemplified his mastery of these abilities in his progression as Messiah to ultimately prove he was the Christ. We also continue to declare our rejection of the fraudulent ideology of biblical inerrancy by proclaiming to the world that the Holy Bible has suffered many years of heretical editorialization resulting in a text that is filled with lies and falsehoods. I will continue to expose these faults with my testimony for Yeshua's innocence as a human being. Yeshua was not guilty of claiming to be the Son of God because that was something only demonically possessed lunatics would say. And true believers in Almighty God's Holy Spirit know that Yeshua was a descendant of King David and the son of a man. While I limited the length of my presentation of the preponderance of evidence in the Gospel according to Luke, 
that proves Yeshua's innocence and that the Gospel according to Luke is an editorialized book within the New Testament, I challenge the audience to review the text of Luke's Gospel with this new understanding of how it has been altered to support a pagan ideology that is inconsistent with the true message of God's eternal truth. I have been given the prophecy of eternal truth by the Holy Spirit, and these truths will be my guide to exposing the lies hidden within the New Testament. The fourth episode will cover Yeshua's predictions of the time of his return and the prophecies of Judgment Day that appear in these first three Gospels and the prophecies in the Revelations. I will continue to prove in my testimony Yeshua's innocence as a man whom God chose to deliver the eternal truth of the Holy Spirit to the world, and I will be providing this evidence in an analysis of the Gospel according to John. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.